One of the most polarizing things you can call someone with a disability is inspirational. People either love it or hate it. My name is Nate. I'm a wheelchair user, and I call my show Weird the Inspiration, featuring real stories about people with disabilities and some of the people closest to them. These stories are not designed to inspire, just to entertain. Recently, I was asked something along the lines of, why don't I talk about some home renovations that make things easier for people with disabilities? Well, it just so happens that less than a year after getting married, a friend of mine has moved into a new home. Brian Brightley, thank you for being the inspiration for this week's show. Absolutely. More than happy to help. So before we get to that, you were just telling me before we started recording, you had some injury that prevented you from playing sled hockey, which we've talked a lot about before. Yes. Yeah. So enlighten me on this injury that you had. <laughs> well, over Thanksgiving, I had a uh, really bad infection and I was actually in the hospital. So the Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving to the following Sunday after Thanksgiving. So for those, you know, four or five days, whatever it was, I had this really bad infection, fever of 103 and, you know, heart rate of 150 ish. Doctors were doing, you know, blood tests and all that kind of stuff. Couldn't tell me what it was or, you know, what caused it or anything like that. Yeah, first holiday as a married man, and that's how I spent it, was in the hospital, basically on my deathbed for a few days. <laughs> See, now that you give me the context, I remember that I texted you right after that, mm -hmm. and you told me you had been in the hospital, and <laughs> we talked a little bit about it, but like, what was the extent of it? Did you go septic? Because I did once. Yes, I was septic Oof. for basically the entire time that I was in the hospital. So, Oof. and every time a doctor or nurse came in to ask how I was feeling, my response was, I feel great, you know, <laughs> and they're like, yeah, something's not adding up here because you're telling me you feel great. Yeah, your vitals are telling me a drastically different story. For me, it was when Spina Bifida Conference was in Atlanta. I was there the first night. And then I went to bed and never got out of the hotel bed. And I spent so much time in that bed that my neck was obviously stiff. And I told the people at the hospital that when I went there, because they didn't know what was wrong with me at first. But because I had a stiff neck, they wanted to check me for meningitis. They couldn't go through my back. So I had a spinal tap in my neck instead. Oh. And had to stay completely still. Gives me chills just thinking about that. <laughs> yeah, it was. I'm of two minds about that because it wasn't pleasant, but I give myself credit for getting through that at all. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Actually, I give myself credit for getting through the whole thing because I understand why it happened. And to an extent, I think I understand why it happened to you too because it happened to me right when I was beginning my radio career and I wasn't really taking care of myself. And then you turn around and it happens to you like in your first year of marriage and like you got all this different crap going on that you've never been through before and things are crazy and maybe your health is not your number one concern. Yeah. It was funny. Cause like I actually left work the day that, you know, the day before Thanksgiving and I was like, Hey, I'm not feeling good. I got to get out of here. I'm not sure what's going on. And our lady who was at customer service that day was like, you know, you're going to lose holiday pay. So 
I was like, yeah, I'm not really worried about holiday pay right now. So see you guys later. And the doctor actually told me had I stayed my entire shift, which was another four hours, I probably would have died in the hospital. I was that bad. Like you, I have a very high pain tolerance and threshold. So I figured it was, you know, something that I could just get through. And for me, a lot of times, any kind of pain is due to a miscath or something like that. I just figured that's, you know, what it was. And it was not. So, well, I don't know about you, but I remember when I went through that, when they put me on fluids, you know, IV fluids which I initially had in both arms, which was crazy. But when they started me on that, I instantly started to feel better. I was felt like I was feeling good the entire time I was in there. So, But definitely after like the third or fourth day, I really started feeling great due to the constant pumping of fluids and antibiotics and whatever else. So, I never curse on this podcast, but let's make each other a promise. Never to go through that shit again. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I've told everybody I would not wish that on my worst enemy. No way. So, you know, let's get into some maybe more pleasant stuff. We'll get to the house in a minute. But (laughs) I remember this is why I texted you around that time, because I was possibly looking for shows to do around the holidays, not holiday themed or anything like that. But I just for personal reasons took the holidays off doing this show because I ended up getting not that sick, but I ended up getting sick and a few people around me ended up getting sick. So it was kind of a whirlwind for me too. But for a while I intended to center a show with you around the fact that so many people on this show have told stories about being called things like inspirational in the setting of a grocery store. And one day I realized, oh, my gosh, Brian works in a grocery store. (laughs) So if anything, you would be able to tell me, like, if there's something about that environment that just makes people lose their minds in such a way that they would say things like that to people. In a way, I feel like it's just society in general feels that anything outside of what they see in the Hollywood movies or, you know, TV shows or whatever is not normal. So to see an individual who is in a wheelchair or walks with canes or, you know, has any kind of disability being out in the public and being a productive member of society, I feel like that blows a lot of people's minds. And I just so happen to, you know, work in a grocery store, as you mentioned, I get that a lot from, you know, especially the older crowd that comes in to do their shopping, talking about how it's amazing that I'm, you know, not just sitting at home and milking the system, getting a paycheck through disability or unemployment or, you know, anything like that. They tell you that while you're working? Yes. There's some serious irony to that. (laughs) I've had customers come in and tell me because I sit that I won't be able to help them. Ironically enough, they ask me 50 questions while they're in the checkout process. Then I'm sitting there thinking, oh, 
five minutes ago, you were saying that because I'm sitting on the job that I can't do anything to help you yet. Here I am holding your hand and guiding you through the checkout process, which, you know, I've had three and four year olds do for mom and dad. Well, you know what that means, don't you? Like, no matter how biased their mindset is, as far as like what you might not be able to do physically, they still realize, well, he works here, so he must know something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I like to imagine that that makes people eat their words just a little bit, but who knows? Just a little, yeah. But if you rub it in too much, you'd probably get fired. So <laughs> we don't want that. Yeah. I've, I've, you know, had my moments where I've wanted to try stuff like that, but I do like where I work and my coworkers and the majority of, you know, the public that I deal with. So, yeah, I mean, it's probably a lot like other jobs, at least in customer service aspect. Like most yes. people are okay, but every once in a while you do get a jack wagon or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> Just to backtrack here for a second, you were talking about, you know, being inspirational at the grocery store. Yeah. Which one of my very good friends who I introduced to the sport of sled hockey, I actually met through the grocery store. I was coming out of the bathroom the one day and this kid and his mom were, you know, in line checking out. You have told he, this story before, but I'll, I'll let you do it again because yeah. it's a great story. But, you know, just to see a kid who walks with canes and, you know, see somebody like him be so excited. He was doing the full on point at me, making no bones about what he was doing and just screaming, Mom, Mom, he looks just like me. He's just like me. <laughs> that and... To this day, his mom and dad will come up and tell me all the time when they see me that I'm an inspiration to him and that it's because of me that he got into hockey and, you know, is showing off his talents to, you know, his family and friends. So it's just a, a great feeling in that aspect where it's not necessarily people, you know, patronizing you or whatever, but actually seriously meaning what they're saying. Every once in a while... I feel the need to point out that even though there is some irony to the name of this podcast, I find nothing wrong at all with one person with a disability inspiring another person with a disability, <laughs> especially when the person who's inspired is a kid who has probably been marginalized their entire life and doesn't even know it. Yes. I find that story just great. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I've told it a million times to a million different people. And because of just his, you know, fearlessness and openness to point me out, I had to go up and talk to him immediately. And he's, you know, probably is a better hockey player than I am. So, you know, I'm definitely glad that I got him involved and, in, you know, that he's just taken to it and never looked back. How old is he now? 12, 13. So he's getting to the point where he can build that on that athletic skill that he's developed. Yes. Yeah, that's good. And he has you to thank, so so to speak. Yep. He's patting himself on the back. You can't see it, folks, but <laughs> I think it was when I texted you right around when you got out of the hospital, you said, you know, of course you'd like to talk to me again on the show, but... It would have to wait until after you moved into your new and current house. 
Yes. And this, of course, is the first house you've owned on your own with your now wife, Ellen. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, definitely a experience with the whole house hunting and all that. But we finally found a place that we thought was perfect for us and fitted our needs and you know hopes for the future so well let's start with that what made the house that you chose the right one for you well one of the reasons was we wanted to try to be equidistant between our parents we're about 20 minutes away from my parents and about 10 minutes from her parents but it was better than you know the 35 minutes away on the opposite side of where we are now yeah and then just the space getting married we both were in agreement that at some point in time we want to have kids so you know we have a few extra bedrooms it's a spacious house for you know the dog to run around and chase after her toys i have my nieces and uh my nephew right now that enjoy running around the house and being crazy with the dog so just fit perfectly and into everything right now and then you know, hopefully, like I said, eventually we want to have kids and have them running around on our on their own and have the nieces and nephews over for, you know, sleepovers and stuff like that. Preparing for a lot of kids already. Yep. <laughs> Haven't even been married a year and preparing for all those kids. <laughs> no, it's all good. I mean, as long as Ellen's on board with, you know, that for the future, which she is, I know, because I talked to her about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But what needed to be done to the house as far as like accessibility, if anything? So right now we're actually in the process of getting all that figured out and, you know, taken care of. The basement stairs do not have hand railings. Mm. So we're in the process of, you know, getting somebody in here to do that for us. The front step is a little bit bigger. So we're going to put a railing out there just for you know, accessibility sake, everything's on one floor aside from, you know, the washer and dryer in the basement. So we pretty much have everything we need to be able to get in the basement all ready to be carpeted and all that. And Well, why carpet the basement? Why is that important? It's not really important, but just to have another like living space, if we want to put a TV down there and that we have more room for parties and stuff. Just to make things more comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. It's interesting that you say, though, that everything except basically the washroom dryers upstairs, yet you're thinking about parties downstairs. That's a little strange. My family is one that travels in a pack. So we have about for that. Yeah. 40, 50 people at parties all the time. And we needed a bigger house for that as well to you know accommodate because as soon as we said we were buying a house everybody's like all right when's the house warming and so we've had little get together so far with certain friends and family members coming over but we haven't had that big bash yet where it's everybody at once so yeah i've seen a lot of pictures from those uh get togethers that you've had <laughs> yep I don't know that I'm up to going to Ohio again just yet. So, you know, <laughs> I probably won't be part of it, but it's okay. Well, you know, the door's always open for you. Oh, I appreciate that, man. And same to you if you're ever in the area. But uh, 
I wonder if you have any insight just from your recent experience of selecting a house of what should maybe go into a home for anybody that has a disability and is sort of looking to live on their own. One of the selling points for our house is that we have a big open area where the kitchen, the living room, it's all the same place. And we have a huge island that has a microwave. The stove is right next to that. So I'm actually able to, you know, help with cooking and all that kind of stuff and not solely have Ellen do all that after, you know, a long day of work. I can actually be somewhat helpful and productive around the house. It's kind of funny because years ago, my family had their kitchen remodeled. And part of the idea for that was to make things lower so that I could basically do a lot of things that I wouldn't have been able to do before they remodeled it. Long story short, they didn't make anything lower. (laughs) (laughs) It turned out not really to be worth it because... Let's just say if you ever find yourself maybe addicted to like fast food or whatever, have your kitchen remodeled and then you'll be able to eat nothing but it and get so sick of it. You'll never want it again. (laughs) That was the situation I found myself in at that time. Yeah, that's the one nice thing about Giant Eagle is that we have a, uh, a meal deal every week. And it's a little bit healthier than fast food, but... It changes every week. Sometimes it's, you know, Italian. Sometimes it's like a home style meal. Sometimes it's some kind of Asian cuisine. But I love uh, Asian food. <laughs> <laughs> I do love Asian food. Yeah. Ellen and I both do as well. So Yeah, Chinese, Thai, Korean, doesn't matter. I'm I'm not a big sushi guy, but other than that. I, I'm not either. I will not try it. It's out of my comfort zone and that's you know, one place where I've kind of drawn the line where I'm not venturing to try that. Ironically enough, I did buy Ellen some sushi today because she loves it. I have tried it, I think, twice. And both times were directly related to who offered it to me. It's just not my thing. But I I do like a lot of different Asian cuisines, like Korean beef, one of my favorite things in the world. I'm all about any of the chicken uh, dishes, like the general so's, orange chicken, sweet and sour oh, sure. chicken. Yeah, if I go to a Chinese place, man, sweet and sour chicken is sort of my default. Mm-hmm. That That's how you tell if a place is good or not. If their sweet and sour chicken sucks, the whole place sucks. <laughs> I'll have to remember that. Uh, we have way too much fun. Yes, we do, but that's why I'm always willing to be part of the podcast with whatever ideas you come up with. Well, it's funny you should mention that because I have an entirely new idea. Never been done before on this show. It's been done on other podcasts before, but I'm going to put my own spin on it. Do you ever go on Reddit? Very occasionally. I think like once or twice I've been on there. So especially since joining TikTok for the podcast. What I've noticed is there is a lot of presence on Reddit of stories like, am I the a-hole for for doing something questionable, right? 
Okay. I don't know if you've ever heard stories like that on Reddit. Mm-mm. Okay. No. Well, there are a bunch, and I'm going to start going through the, these sometimes probably on the podcast, sometimes on TikTok, as they apply to disability. This is the first time I've ever done it, but I've chosen one for us that I think is sort of universal for people, let's say, in our situation. Okay? So... This is not a story about me. I'm just going to read this story as I see it from Reddit. Instead of saying, am I the a-hole, our spin will be, am I the ableist? Am I the ableist for rolling my wheelchair friend out of the way? Already, that's problematic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, 22 female, have a friend, 20 male, who likes to draw. He normally draws nature stuff, but recently started making drawings of people he knows. He even surprised me with a set of gorgeous drawings he made of me. A couple days ago, a bunch of us were hanging at his place, and he showed us some of his work. I thought it would be cute to have some of these drawings on my social media with me in it. So I asked a friend to take pics of me. At one point, James was slightly in the frame. He's in a wheelchair, and you could see part of it. He was engrossed in a conversation with someone, so without really thinking, I rolled or moved him out of the way. He seemed shocked, but he didn't say anything. One of the girls gasped and apologized to him on my behalf. He immediately said it's okay and told me not to worry. Like, he laughed it off and assured her that it was fine, but his face was super red, so maybe he wasn't telling the truth. Now, there's this idea going around that it was super bad of me to grab James's wheelchair like that. I explained that we're buddies, so he obviously doesn't mind. Besides, he did say it was okay. However, my friends told me that he's obviously too nice and has a soft spot for me, so he wouldn't call me out. I was literally told you could throw him off a cliff and he'd say it's fine, just go apologize to him. I repeated again that he made no fuss after his initial shock. However, he has been acting slightly different towards me, so I'm not sure. Am I the ableist for moving him out of the way? I feel like in any situation, I've always been the type to uh, just kind of do things on my own. And, you know, if I'm in the way, I can, you know, move myself out of the way, whether I'm, you know, in my wheelchair, you know, I can, or using my kingdoms, I can get up and, you know, move out of the way if need be. So I feel like, she should have just asked him politely to, you know, scoot over a little bit. I'm going to go a little deeper into what you just said, because if you're friends with somebody and you know that they can move on their own, whether they're in a wheelchair or on crutches or whatever, if you have a friend with a disability like that, but they have enough mobility to move on their own, You are in the wrong if you move them manually without asking first. I absolutely agree with that. I feel like, you know, it goes back to, you know, people thinking that because we're handicapped that we can't be a, you know, productive member of society. It's like, I can move myself if I'm in the way and don't realize it, just say, hey, you know, could you please move over a little bit or if you can't communicate to somebody who can move on their own, you know, you're definitely in the wrong. I mean, if you can't move on your own, 
That's one thing. And yeah, it's a completely different story. And exceptions, I guess, can be made if you know the person. But even if you know the person, I think maybe the boundary should be discussed first. Right. And if you don't know the person, that's probably when most people wouldn't even think there was a boundary. Yeah. Oh, not necessarily on, you know, this same topic, but Go ahead. I had a friend a few years ago that basically broke off the friendship because they broke their toe the week before the Hall of Fame festivities for the Pro Football Hall of Fame, uh, you know, were going on and they were coming to the uh, one of the concerts that they held that week. And they asked if they could use my wheelchair because it hurt to walk. And I told them, no, that, you know, I'd, it's not that I didn't trust them. It's that I just wasn't going to be there. And, you know, at these concerts, I'm assuming people get drunk and, you know, get a little rowdy. So I just didn't feel comfortable with my property being out there and, you know, the possibility of it getting damaged due to, you know, somebody else that was at this event. And I have not spoken to this individual since then. I'm trying to think if I've ever been in a similar situation where like somebody asked to borrow my chair for anything like that. I've heard of other situations like that. Uh, I know people have asked to borrow my handicap sticker and I didn't let them do it. Mm -hmm. But probably not my chair. Mainly because I need it in a way that you don't because you can still walk. Right. But no, that's completely valid. Like maybe if you had a backup chair. Yeah. Not even, you know, needing my chair, even if I was there, you know, if yeah. I was going to the myself, I would have been okay with it. Cause then I could, uh, you know, kept oh, you weren't on. going. Yeah. I wasn't even going. Oh, okay. Well that changes everything. Yeah. Th this friend was going with their significant other. And yeah, so I wasn't even going and I even voiced that we'll talk and they still were furious with me and said that I was not a true friend because I wouldn't let them borrow, you know, my wheelchair. Yeah, you're not going to be a part of my little scam. So you're not friends with me anymore. That's what they're saying. Mm -hmm. I mean, they did break their toe, but I'm sure there are ways that you can get around that without actually using a wheelchair. I've never personally done it, nor would I be able to tell it if I ever did it. <laughs> but yeah, I'm assuming that there's ways to get around that. Well, I can't even feel my feet, so. Neither can I, so. Yeah. I have broken a toe before, and they never actually set the bone correctly again. So oh. it's kind of, yeah. <laughs> I probably don't want to get into that in the podcast, but. <laughs> but yeah, it's been broken since I was like maybe nine years old. Oh, yeah. They tried to set it for like five hours and couldn't do it. Oh, oh God. Yeah. Pretty wild. But I already had a wheelchair. So I didn't need to borrow yours. <laughs> Never broken anything since, but you still don't want to see my feet. <laughs> I used to get asked a lot. Why do you need shoes? And I was taken aback by the question, so I used to say they're for decoration. You've probably heard me answer that way before. I tell everybody that my legs are strictly for decoration and that I'm all upper body. Yeah. <laughs> what a display that would be. Anyway, 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I used to tell them, you know, they're my shoes are for decoration. Then I realized I bump my feet into so many things that if I don't have shoes on, it's going to be a disaster. And <laughs> I know wheelchair users that don't wear shoes ever. And Ooh. yeah. And it's a disaster for them a lot of the time. I would imagine so. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably not something that we should expand on at this point without <laughs> telling some gruesome stories. So maybe we should end it here as much as we might not want to, but uh, yeah. (laughs) But Brian, I want to thank you once again for being the inspiration for yet another episode. Certainly not the last. Thanks to everybody else for listening. Remember we're on TikTok, Discord, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Links are going to be in the description. Until next time, this is Nate Lurie saying, you don't always have to do a lot to inspire others.